And today I'm pleased to be talking with Lori Van Tilburg, the former executive director of the Southern Caregiver Resource Center. Dramatic brain injury recovery. Welcome, Lori. Hi, Dan, or Dr. Gardner. Let's start with a little about your background, how you got into the healthcare arena, and also how you came to work with Southern Caregiver Resource Center. Okay, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I started my career, oh, 30 plus years ago at a hospital in San Diego, Mercy Hospital. And I was a social worker there, and I had the opportunity to work all the different floors from the emergency room to the surgical intensive care unit, as well as just the general floors. And it was there that I really started my work with folks with traumatic brain injury as they came into the hospital, and I was able to see them through their recovery at the hospital and move on back to the community or uh, rehab facility. From there, um, I was at the hospital for about three years, and I had an opportunity then that came along to start Southern Caregiver Resource Center, which is a nonprofit that was formed in 1987 to help family caregivers caring for those with chronic and disabling conditions. And many of our clients are the caregivers of those with traumatic brain injury. You started in the trenches. How is Southern Caregiver Resource Center funded? It's funded through multiple uh, government contracts, donations, private monies through foundations, really a lot of different funding streams go into the organization to be able to build it. When we started, it was a very small organization of about three, and now the organization has close to 40 people. That's very impressive. So tell me, how does Southern Caregiver Resource Center work with traumatic brain injury survivors and their families? So Southern Caregiver Resource Center, the unique thing about this organization is that it's really the only organization and really the leading organization in San Diego County serving the family caregiver, those caring for uh, those with traumatic brain injury. So all of our services are geared to support the family in providing care to their loved one that has sustained a traumatic brain injury. Can you tell me some of the specific services you can offer those families? So when a family calls in, you know, primarily they're not knowing what to do, where to go. They might not even know what a traumatic brain injury is. And so the first thing we do is we sit down with the family and we do a comprehensive assessment to look at their needs, which often is very puzzling to them because everyone has asked them about the person they're caring for. And this is the first time that they've come to an organization and we're asking them about, well, what do you need? How are you feeling? What can we do for you? And in that process, we do find out, you know, what the person that they're caring for needs. And so we look at their level of functioning and how we can best support them as well. But after we do that assessment, we develop a care plan for that family caregiver. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes that includes services for their family member with a traumatic brain injury. But most often it includes services for the family caregiver. So really providing them with emotional support and counseling to help them deal with the changes that they're going through in their lives, the transitions that they're now facing, the losses that they're experiencing, as well as looking at more practical matters of, you know, legal services that they might need, financial services, are they going to need housing for their family member? You know, a lot of it depends on the person that they're caring for. Is it a spouse? Is it a brother or sister? Is it their child? So we really look at the whole picture to see what resources they have currently and what we can augment them with. That sounds like a pretty full spectrum of psychosocial services, and that's very impressive. It is. Lori, do you have offhand some specific case examples that you could share with us? There are a lot of uh, situations that I can share with you, and, you know, I think the 
one of our very first clients back in 1987 was a mom that was taking care of her son who was in a motorcycle accident. He was very young, I think around 17 or 18. She stayed with the organization for approximately, I think, 20 years, getting help and support as her son grew older. And I think for this individual, really it was providing that ongoing support because she was having to take care of her son for many, many years, and she was growing older, as was her son, and looking at what we would be able to provide for that family once she was no longer able to care for her son. During that process, a lot of it was helping her understand what her son was capable of, trying to work with the two of them so that they could reach their highest level of independence, looking at resources for her son so he could get out of the house, things for her to do so that she could take care of herself. But primarily, a lot of the work that we do with families with traumatic brain injury is provide that emotional support because unfortunately, there aren't a lot of resources available to them. And it's a long journey when someone has a traumatic brain injury. It's really a lifetime condition. And certainly there are milestones that that person can achieve, but depending on the injury, it's going to be there for a long period of time. Yeah. Well, you know, as a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, I can really understand the high value of the services you offer. How do families pay for those services? So for our services, it's free, which is great because many of the families that come to us, they're not able to afford services. And especially for the caregiver, there's very little out there for the caregiver themselves. There may be some services available for the person that was injured, but by and large, there are not services available for the family caregiver. And so because we're funded through contracts, foundations, private money, we're able to provide our services at no cost to the family caregiver. That's wonderful, Lori. And as you know, I've referred many of my patients and their families to Southern Caregiver Resources over the years. When you think back about the history of Southern Caregiver Resource Center and your involvement with it, what are some of the biggest challenges? What are some of the biggest satisfactions in working with these families? So I think the organizational level, of course, the biggest challenge is getting money to be able to provide these services for free, to hire the clinicians that work with the families. That's always an ongoing challenge, have an organization that provides free services, but there is no ongoing revenue stream to support that. So that's a challenge on the organizational side. But I think the challenge in particular for families with traumatic brain injury and for an organization like ours is that there are not a lot of resources for us to help and refer those families to. There are many support groups in town and um, San Diego Brain Injury Foundation is great. They offer mm-hmm. a lot of support groups. There's educational programs, but a lot of the key services, financial support, legal support, transportation, housing, those are things that unfortunately since 1987 are still lacking for those with traumatic brain injury. And so that's a large challenge that I've had to experience over the 30 plus years that I was at that organization. For me, personally, some of the more rewarding aspects of my work was at the end of my career at Southern Caregiver Resource Center, working with military and veteran caregivers of those with traumatic brain injury. And most often they also had post-traumatic stress disorder as well. And at the end of my career, I actually worked more directly with the family caregivers I was able to help support them in the challenges and to get used to what sort of was the new normal for them and to help them deal with the losses that they experienced. Many of these women, primarily, although there were moms and dads and brothers and sisters, but a lot of them were wives and they were facing probably 50 years of caring for someone with a traumatic brain injury. And that had significant challenges for them, as well as a lot of losses of things that in the future were never going to be the same. 
but a lot of positive things too as well as to how they could craft out what their new relationship would be. So that was very rewarding for me to be able to work with those ladies. Understandable. I understand that Southern Caregiver Resource Center was one of the few model centers that received a grant for this uh, program of Operation Family Caregiver. Is that correct? Correct. That was through the Rosalind Carter Institute back in Georgia. And the First Lady, Rosalind Carter, she's very supportive of helping family caregivers. And in particular, Operation Family Caregiver does provide direct support to the military and veteran caregiver in their efforts to help sustain their family member at home. And how is the program doing? It's doing really well. I think Operation Family Caregiver, I'm, I'm happy to say that the site in San Diego really exceeded all of the other sites in the country. And at this point, you know, I haven't checked in recently with them, but I imagine that they're doing very well. Great. You've already talked a little about the unmet needs and the challenges. Anything else? Well, I think that the hardest thing for family caregivers is to reach out for help and support. And they're very good oftentimes reaching out for help and support for their person that they're caring for and not so good at all about reaching out for help and support for themselves. And oftentimes they reach out too late where there's a crisis, their health is deteriorated, they have mental illness issues as well, they're very depressed, physically they're having symptoms. And I think it's to really reach out and get that support. And when they do, they find out that they're not alone, that their feelings are normal. They may be feeling guilty that they're not providing the best care. And then when they talk to other caregivers, that they talk to some of the clinicians at our office, they realize those are very common feelings that everybody has. And so I think it's really to take care of yourself so you can take care of your loved ones. So instead of waiting until it's a crisis, reach out for help and support and try to connect with other people so that you can share your story and they can share their story with you. Well put, Lori. And I want to compliment you and the Southern Caregiver Resource Center in its noble efforts over the years. As you said, we have limited resources, but we still continue to address the challenges as best as we can. So thanks very much for joining me, and I appreciate your time and effort. Thanks, Dr. Gardner. Please let me know in the comments what questions you have and what other topics you'd like me to discuss.